0: Chapter Twelve of Mozart, the Man and the Artist, as Revealed in His Own Words. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Laurie Ann Walden. Mozart, the Man and the Artist, as Revealed in His Own Words, by Friedrich Kurst. Translated by Henry Crebiel. Chapter Twelve Strivings and Labors. One fifty We live in this world only that we may go onward without ceasing, a peculiar help in this direction being that one enlightens the other by communicating his ideas. In the sciences and fine arts there is always more to learn. Salzburg, September 7, 1776. To Padre Martini of Bologna, whose opinion he asks concerning a motet which the Archbishop of Salzburg had faulted. 151. I am just now reading Telemachus. I am in the second part. Bologna, September eighth, 1770, to his mother and sister. 152. Because you said yesterday that you could understand anything, and that I might write what I please in Latin, curiosity has led me to try you with some Latin lines. Have the kindness, when you have solved the problem, to send the result to me by the Hagenauer servant-maid cuprum scire de qua causa aquam plurimis adolescentibus otium usque adio aes ut ipsi se nec weribis nec ab hoc senet abduci the archiepiscopal concertmaster aged thirteen writes thus to a girlfriend. one fifty three since then i have exercised myself daily in the french language and already taken three lessons in english In three months I hope to be able to read and understand the English books fairly well." Vienna, August 17, 1782, to his father. Mozart had given it out that he intended to go to Paris or London. Prince Kaunitz had said to Archduke Maximilian that men like Mozart lived but once in a hundred years and should not be driven out of Germany. Mozart, however, writes to his father, "'But I do not want to wait on charity. I find that, even if it were the emperor, I am not dependent on his bounty. 154. I place my confidence in three friends, and they are strong and invincible friends, that is, God, your head, and my head. True, our heads differ, but each is very good, serviceable, and useful in its genre, and in time I hope that my head will be as good as yours in the field in which now yours is superior. Manheim, February twenty-eighth, 1778, to his father. 155. Believe me, I do not love idleness, but work. True, it was difficult in Salzburg and cost me an effort, and I could scarcely persuade myself. Why? Because I was not happy there. You must admit that, for me at least, there was not a pennyworth of entertainment in Salzburg. I do not want to associate with many, and of the majority of the rest I am not fond. There is no encouragement for my talent. If I play, or one of my compositions is performed, the audience might as well consist of tables and chairs. In Salzburg I sigh for a hundred amusements, and here for not one. To live in Vienna is amusement enough. Vienna, May twenty sixth, 1781, to his father, who was concerned as to the progress making in Vienna. 156. I beg of you, best and dearest of fathers, do not write me any more letters of this kind. I conjure you, for they serve no other purpose than to heat my head and disturb my heart and mood. And I, who must compose continually, need a clear head and quiet mood. Vienna, June 9, 1781, to his father, who had reproached him because of his rupture with the archbishop. 157. If there ever was a time when I was not thinking about marriage, it is now. I wish for nothing less than a rich wife, and if I could make my fortune by marriage now, I should perforce have to wait, because I have very different things in my head. God did not give me my talent to put it a dangle on a wife and spend my young life in inactivity. I am just beginning life, and shall I embitter it myself? I have nothing against matrimony, but for me it would be an evil just now. Vienna, July twenty-five, seventeen eighty-one, 1781. To his father, who was solicitous, lest he fall in love with one of the daughters in the Weber family, with whom he was living. All manner of rumors had been carried to him. The father persuaded his son to seek other lodgings, but Constanze Weber eventually became Mozart's wife nevertheless. 158. This sort of composer can do nothing in this genre. He has no conception of what is wanted. Lord, if God had only given me such a place in the church and before such an orchestra! A remark made in Leipzig in 1789 in reference to a composer who was suited to comic opera work but had received an appointment as church composer mozart examined a mass of his and said it sounds all very well but not in church he then played it through with new words improvised by himself such as in the cum sancto spiritu stolen property gentlemen but no offence one fifty nine you see my intentions are good but if you can't you can't. I do not want to scribble, and therefore cannot send you the whole symphony before next post day. Vienna, July thirty one, seventeen eighty two, to his father, who had asked for a symphony for the Hofner family in Salzburg. One sixty. I do not beg pardon, no, but I beg of Herr Bullinger that he himself apply to himself for pardon in my behalf with the assurance that, as soon as I can do so in quiet, I shall write to him. Until now, no such occasion has offered itself, for as soon as I know that, in all likelihood, I must leave a place, I have no restful hour. And although I still have a modicum of hope, I am not at ease, and shall not be until I know my status. Manheim, November twenty-two, seventeen seventy-seven, To His Father Abbe Bullinger was the most intimate friend that the Mozart family had in Salzburg. Mozart had been negligent in his correspondence. 161. To live well and to live happily are different things, and the latter would be impossible for me without witchcraft. It would have to be supernatural, and that is impossible, for there are no witches nowadays. Paris, August seventh, seventeen 1778. To his friend Bullinger who had sought to persuade him to return to Salzburg. 162. The Duc de Chabot sat himself down beside me and listened attentively. And I, I forgot the cold and the headache, and played regardless of the wretched clavier, as I play when I am in the mood. Give me the best clavier in Europe, and at the same time hearers who understand nothing, or want to understand nothing, and who do not feel what I play with me, and all my joy is gone." Paris, may one seventeen seventy eight, to his father. The duchess had behaved very haughtily and kept Mozart sitting in a cold room for a long time before the duke came. End of chapter twelve